This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. And welcome back. I feel like I should be saying welcome back to myself, back from my European vacation. Where to begin? Where to begin? I missed you. I truly did. Um, I just feel like I have all these thoughts in my brain that I need to just get out there. You know, normally top of the show is a little bit of a word vomit, and that's exactly how we're going to start today. It's been crazy. It has been crazy in my life. It's been crazy in the pop culture universe. There's a lot going on right now. So, I mean, straight away, Greece was amazing, you guys. Oh my God. It was so amazing. You know, David and I went on that trip thinking, because, you know, we're, we're finally getting to the end of this visa journey, which I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I figured this is going to be the last time that I'm going to London for a while because hopefully David's going to be moving here very soon. So, Greece was always on our bucket list. We talked about doing our honeymoon in Greece, but I mean, if you do a quick Google flight, you realize it's going to cost you your first child to get from Ohio to Mykonos. So it just wasn't feasible. Um, The reason that we were actually able to do it is because obviously flying from London to Greece is way different um, from flying, you know, from America to Greece. So we just took the opportunity. It was like presented to us. We're like, yes, let's do it. And I truly had the time of my life. It was beautiful. Um, I know you guys, a lot of you guys were asking about my accommodations and what I did and transportation. I'm going to do a bonus podcast uh, and it's going to come out today, later on today, if you're listening on Thursday, all about my Greece trip and something else that's very exciting, which I will get to. Um, But I just want to say about the Greece trip, like if two things are going to happen to me on any vacation, doesn't matter where I'm traveling, whether it's Florida or Greece, your girl is going to be constipated and she's going to come back with a sinus infection. It just is every single time I travel. I don't know what to do. I've consulted my doctor. They don't do anything for me. And let me just tell you, having the first problem in another country is quite the experience. Um, you know, when we were in Mykonos, it's an island. They don't have a Walmart. They don't have a CVS. And they don't speak English if they're working at the pharmacy. So you can imagine how that went um, for David and I. But, you know, just another day in the life of trying to be adventurous, but also having a little bit of IBS. You know, David and I, we cried a lot in Greece. We cried a lot. And oh, my gosh. Ew. Why am I ew, tearing up already? I don't want to, but I'm going to because today... I'm recording this on Wednesday, and by the time you listen to this tomorrow, we will have an answer on David's visa. His his U.S. embassy interview is 
Thursday morning, nine o'clock in London time, which is like uh, four o'clock in the morning for me. I'm really trying hard not to cry, you guys. I've been trying not to cry all day. It's just overwhelming. It's been so long. You know, we got engaged in March of when I don't even remember when the heck it was 2022. It's been 16 months and it's like, you know that it will happen eventually, but still to be like away from your partner is really hard to, you know, try. I mean, I'm 30. I'm like trying to build my life. I'm trying to build my career and to have, you know, this one looming, not, not to say that it's a problem, but it's just, it's very uh, stressful. Obviously anything with the government is a little bit stressful. So to just think that like, I'm 12 hours away from being done with it. I'm trying so hard not to cry and I am. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, I'm going to put that in the bonus podcast as well, because even though I know my answer now, by the time you're listening to this, as I'm recording it on Wednesday, I actually don't know what's going to happen yet. So bonus podcast will be out later today. We'll give you an update on the visa situation. We'll give you all the grace things. I'm just really like grateful that David like would do this for me. It's tough. I mean, he hasn't had roots anywhere in like three years. And it's like, he really did make a lot of sacrifices to make this work. And I'm just excited. I'm so excited. If everything goes well, like I'll be married in a month, a month. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. So yeah, bonus pod, keep an eye on that. Last, but certainly not least in this long top of the show rant, I have to tell you something very exciting. Um, the Countess Luann de la Seps is coming to Cleveland on Friday for her cabaret. And I'm hosting a Q and a with her. Dead. I told you the world is turning and things are happening for Morgie. I I don't really know how it happened. Somebody just emailed me. They're like, we're giving away tickets on your morning show. We know that you're a Bravo girly. Do you want to host the Q&A section for Luann? I was like, yes, absolutely. So if you're going to be there, let me know. If you're in the Cleveland area, please come out and support. Take lots of video <laughs> because I want this on record that I'm going to be doing the Countess's Q&A on Friday. Before we get into the pop three, I want to do an honorable mention, and we are going to talk about this more on the Papa Batch Patreon that comes out on Friday, Michael and Danielle. We finally got the confirmation that they've been split, that they have been split, that they did split up. I say that because they have been broken up for a long time. I've been trying to give you guys hints without fully blowing the lid off of it. But remember, I told you there were three Bachelor T stories that I had in the vault. One of them was Caitlin and Jason. I knew that they were broken up. The other was Nick Viles' baby. I knew that. And then this was the third, that Michael and Danielle had been broken up. But obviously, I wasn't allowed to say anything. So they're both a little farther along in their uh, healing journey, I guess you could say. Um, But I feel like I've done too many pop threes about Michael and Danielle. So I'm going to give it a rest. And we're going to start. Okay. Wow. Wow. I had a lot to just get off my chest. Pop three, the three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. I'm starting a new one today. It's called New Ships. Friendships, relationships, new ships. There's a plethora of things in here that we're going to get to. Um, It's not specifically one new relationship, but a couple of new friendships and relationships. We're going to start with Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner. This was such a power play 
Oh my God. And I loved every single second of it. So Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner, two of Joe Jonas's exes were seen strolling arm in arm as they enjoyed a, a girl's night out in New York City, sipping martinis and eating caviar on Tuesday. The paparazzi pictures were posted by Backgrid. Have I taught you anything? Have you been paying attention? Do you know what I'm going to say about Backgrid? Backgrid does not show up unless you call them 99.9% of the time or unless you are going to a very popular restaurant where you know you're going to be seen by Backgrid. So I'm loving this PR strategic decision to have Sophie Turner go out with Taylor Swift, who wrote Mr. Perfectly Fine about Joe Jonas. Like, if in case you live under a rock, you know Taylor Swift and Joe Jonas, they dated in 2008. Taylor said that he broke up with her on a 25-second phone call. And then, obviously, the Swifties are in there trying to figure out what songs are written about Joe Jonas. So, I mean, everybody's posting this picture of Sophie and Taylor together with another Taylor Swift lyric. Picture me, thick as thieves with your ex-wife. I love it. I love it. You know what I love about Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift strolling arm in arm a few martinis deep down the New York City streets while Joe Jonas's team is out here slinging dirt, trying to paint Sophie Turner as the party girl, as a bad mother. Sophie and her team didn't have to put out one single headline about Joe Jonas. All they had to do was set up a little play date between Sophie and Taylor Swift and the whole world got the message. And I really love that for them. I do. We know exactly what they're trying to say. Being together, gallivanting the streets of New York City. Speaking of Taylor Swift, is she dating Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, kind of let the cat out of the bag on a morning show. He said, it's hard to answer because I don't really know a lot about what's happening in Travis's love life. I try to like keep his business as his business and straight out of that world. And then he said... Having said that, I think it's 100% true. Jason then kind of took a minute. He like mumbled something else. Nobody really knows what he says. I think some people think he says, I hope this thing goes mild. No, I'm joking. I don't know what's happening. Whatever. Taylor Swift, welcome to dating athletes. You might have trained Travis. Keep it on the download, Travis. I don't want all this publicity. But then you have the knucklehead brother who can't keep it tight-lipped. I love that Jason's like, I try to stay out of his love life, but a hundred percent. My bro is dating Taylor freaking Swift, but he's joking. He's joking. Is he joking? We have no idea. The today's podcast sponsor is one skin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up, we got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated all the stuff we hate. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the skin safe seal of approval. One skin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer 
Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. The final new ship that we have to get into is Odell Beckham Jr. and Kim Kardashian. Apparently, the two have been just hanging out. Before things got a little bit more involved, apparently he's been out to Calabasas to meet the whole family. Apparently he was at Lil Tatum's first birthday party hosted by Chloe and Tristan. That was on July 28th. So they've been seeing each other for a while. Can I tell you how I really feel about Kim Kardashian and Odell Beckham Jr.? Boring. You know what's not boring? The second story in our pop three about Clayton Eckerd potentially being on an episode of Maury, trying to figure out if he is the father of unborn twin babies. Clay Eckerd from The Bachelor is facing a paternity lawsuit. There is a woman out there who is remaining anonymous right now, asking Clayton to take a paternity test um, after she became pregnant with twins. Clayton is denying it in the streets, but the lawsuit was filed on August 1st, alleging that she's pregnant with twins as they're engaging in, quote, sexual activity with Eckerd on May 20th, the twins, the women that are due in February of 2024. So she also said that she hadn't been with anyone since March of 2022 and that Eckerd broke things off the morning after their alleged night together. Um, this is obtained by the Sun. These are court documents. She said that Eckerd that she sent Eckerd copies of her pregnancy results. He was saying, I don't believe you. We didn't do that. We didn't have sex. I can't be the father of your children because we didn't get there. We did other things. Okay. Use your imagination. Her court filing also includes screenshots of alleged texts from Clayton, including messages that read, I don't believe you for a second. Another text message says, I legitimately hate you right now. Another text message says, you have lost your mind, and I hope you think about how terrible this is that you would subject me to all of this. And also, my personal hell would be having to have you be a part of my life, per page six. Yeah, I'm just taking that in for a second because, like, it's a lot to read, you know, just as reporting what's in the court docs. But, like, imagine getting that blue bubble on your phone. Woof. Okay. She also stated in her lawsuit that she offered more than 50 times in writing for Clayton to take a paternity test. They allegedly scheduled an appointment for August 23rd, which she said she paid $725 for a deposit, but that she that it was canceled due to Clayton's unwillingness to participate. So I guess he just didn't show up. In his August 21st response, which was obtained by The Sun and Page Six, he said that he requested a court-ordered paternity test that be paid for by the woman. He said the case was groundless and lacking in merits because they never had sexual intercourse, according to the court documents. He also adamantly denied the woman's claims in a statement to The Sun. He says, my response is in the court documents. I'm not giving it the time of day because it's baseless. We did not have sexual intercourse. The test is scheduled for September 26th. Eckerd and the woman will return to court on September 28th for an early resolution conference. 
It's giving Tristan Thompson and Marley Nichols. I mean, at least Clayton didn't write these messages on Snapchat like Tristan Thompson did, allegedly. Um, but wow, I mean, this one is truly bonkers. I really want to wait until more information comes out, like uh, the paternity test. I have absolutely no experience in this realm, um, but I did get a DM from somebody who said that, I don't know if this is true, so I'm just putting that out there. This is a disclaimer. I don't know if it's true, but somebody said you can't have a paternity test until after babies are born. I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. Clayton has been through the ringer. And I'm saying that besides this story, because we don't know if he, if he is the father or if he is not the father, but like who has had more drama than Clayton, the way his season ended, then the whole cheating debacle with that girl who said I hooked up with Clayton Eckerd from the bachelor, which he turned out to be vindicated from that story. So maybe history will repeat itself there. But to now this, a legal battle. Has it ever gone to a legal battle in Bachelor Nation? I don't know. All I know is that one of these people is a liar. And sooner or later, we're going to find out who that is. Let's move on to our third and final headline in this week's Pop 3. This happened exactly a week ago. Lindsay Hubbard released a statement about her breakup from Carl Radke. The big stuff always happens while I'm on vacation. Honestly, it's rude. The last time I was on vacation, I was in South Africa. It was January. Do you know what groundbreaking revelation happened when I was in South Africa? Lisa Renna being fired from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, like, it's like they know that I'm out of town and that I can't devote my entire day to dissecting the black background and the white text, which is exactly what we saw with Hub's post. You got to love that she's a PR girl. You know, she's going to put the post up there and then she's going to write it in the caption just for good measure. You didn't get it up here. Get it down here, buddy. This was Carl Radke's fault. She's putting the blame on him entirely. So I won't read the whole thing because we all have read it by now, but we do get some answers in this. And it's not like she came out and said like, are we working things out? No. But every question that I had, Lindsay Hubbard answered in the way that she presented this statement. So uh, she starts by saying, I would like to start by saying thank you for allowing me the space and time to process my emotions, heal and grieve the loss of not only my relationship, but my friendship with someone I consider my best friend for eight years. Right there, that's an answer to a question that we all wanted to know. What's the status? Are they working things out? Are they just calling out the wedding and still dating? Are they going to couples therapy? Are they still friends? Nope. None of the above. They're not getting back together. They're not working things out. And they're not friends based on that statement alone. So then she also says, I feel humiliated by how it went down and simultaneously heartbroken that it happened in the first place. My trust has been betrayed and coming to terms with that has been difficult for me. That right there confirms to me that it was on camera. I feel humiliated by how it went down. I mean, you can't get more public than doing it on camera. That's going to be broadcast, you know, to the entire nation. She also says, this was not my decision. And I do not agree with quitting a relationship at this level without trying everything possible first. I spent the last couple of weeks finding my own closure and peace. So she's she's putting the whole thing on Carl. You know, there's been reports that Lindsay didn't know that Carl was going to say anything to the guests, which this is kind of how this whole thing snowballed. Carl wrote something out to the guests. 
I don't know if one of the guests sent it to People Magazine or if Carl or Lindsay sent it to People Magazine. Um, I'll be honest with you. I do find it quite interesting that every time a story comes out about Carl and Lindsay, the first place it is is People Magazine. I don't know what you want to make of that. Um, but I feel like because Carl did that, then this was not a retaliation, but a little bit of a snowball effect on why we got this statement from Lindsay. So the Summer House girls were liking the post. Danielle, Gabby, Amanda, Paige, and Sam all liked this statement um, by Lindsay. Um, you know, I guess I, I've... I've been really racking my brain trying to think of like why this is so surprising to me. And it's not, I don't know how I want to say it. Like we all, we've all seen the dark passenger side of Lindsay Hubbard, right? And we've all seen the dark passenger side of Carl Radke. I think the reason why it came to such a surprise for me is because I see a friendship of eight years, you know, a relationship of, you know, they dated for a year. They were engaged for a year. Like, do you mean to tell me that Carl didn't know that Lindsay was like this? I I thought he was used to it, you know, and like he knew how to handle her because they were best friends. Lindsay needs like a strong man to handle her because she's very direct. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. So I was like, oh, if anyone's going to be able to handle Lindsay, it's Carl because he's been around her for a decade and he knows what she's like. She knows he knows how to de-escalate and activated hubs. Guess not. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I guess not. It's crazy to say, like, you think you know somebody with Carl as well. I mean... I will say this. I'm glad that I actually am glad that they that if this was the decision that Carl wanted to make, despite the fact that he did it on camera, which I think is like it's just crazy to think it feels so unlike Carl, who is very like adamant in the fact that he hates confrontation. You know, he's always like trying to be the peacemaker and trying not to be involved in drama and all these things. And so this decision just really caught me off guard because I don't understand it. Um, so I feel like maybe hubs didn't know Carl. Like we all kind of got bamboozled by Carl a little bit, a little bit. All right, let's move on to the deep dive every single week on Instagram at Morgan P talks. I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What do you want to know more about this week? It comes from my girl, Susan. Hey, Morgan, it's Susan from Charleston, South Carolina. We desperately need a deep dive on Shannon Bedore and this DUI situation. Would love to know your take on her this season. And do you think John is good for her? I am obsessed with you and your podcast and 
appreciate all that you do for us. Love you like a sis. Susan, thank you. Love you like a sis. Um, Where do I even want to start with this? I have been loving the Real Housewives of Orange County. I've been telling you, it's been a great season. Um, And, you know, a lot of it has to deal with Shannon, her relationship drama, and things that happen when Shannon is drinking. So when the story came out about Shannon over the weekend getting a DUI, um, I mean, I, I went through a range of emotions. I think surprise was was one of them at first. Um, concern was one of them. Anger because it's unacceptable. Um, but then also, but then I I kind of went through all of that, and then I'm like, well, actually, you know. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that she decided to get behind the wheel when she was intoxicated, especially after seeing the video, which we'll get into. I mean, in 2023, like nobody should be doing this ever. Like, come on. We are all adults here. We all know better. Obviously, alcohol clouds your judgment. Um, And just based on things that we've seen from the season, it's like you're surprised, but you're not surprised. But let's get into the details of what happened, and then we'll kind of answer the question about her relationship with John and what I think Shannon should do moving forward. So police arrested Shannon um, in Newport Beach, California, for a drunk driving hit and run. So a spokesperson for the Newport Beach Police Department confirmed to USA Today that our officers arrested Shannon early Sunday morning around 1 a.m. She was booked for two misdemeanors, an alcohol-related DUI, and a hit and run. And then she was released. Um, the story is that Shannon was driving down the road. We've seen the video. She kind of whips around the corner. And instead of going straight, she kind of curves and goes up onto a sidewalk and then hits a house. She then reverses, gets back on the road, drives a little bit up, then parks the car, gets Archie, the dog that was in the car, out of the out of the car and starts to walk the dog to pretend like she's on a walk with her dog at one o'clock in the morning inebriated. And that is when the police came and arrested her. So her attorney, Michael Fell, said that she's extremely apologetic and remorseful. Uh, He said, we'll be waiting the official information on this case as it becomes available. Shannon is prepared to accept full responsibility for her actions. That's all we've heard on Shannon's front, on the legal front, right? But we've been hearing from her friends. One, Jeff Lewis, on his radio show, he said, I was shocked because I've never known Shannon to ever, ever, ever drink and drive. Uh, That is something that we have both discussed previously. I will tell you she is accepting full accountability. She is ashamed and she is embarrassed. He also says, I don't think Shannon is an alcoholic. As her close friend, I think she's going through a lot of personal struggles right now. And I think she probably has been leaning on alcohol. Okay, there's one friend. You also have Tamara and Andy. Tamara was on two T's in a pod. She was like, I talked to Shannon the day after it happened. She never mentioned anything. She just said that she had had a rough couple of days. Tamara seemed to be very shaken up about it. You know, when she was talking about it to Teddy, um, Tamara posted a photo of the Trace Amigas hugging each other on Instagram, which can I be honest? Didn't love that decision from Tamara. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's like pandering, but I think it's one thing to talk about it on the podcast that you're on when it's your close friend, but like to post a photo with like a song behind it of the three of them hugging. I don't know. It just kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way. Then you have Andy who was on 
Radio Andy, and he completely avoided the situation. A caller called up and said, what do you think of Shannon? Uh, especially when it comes to Gina. Um, and he's like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He's very tight-lipped, so he's not really saying anything. Um, so, yeah, I think when you put all of this into context with the season, um, in, the se- in the season of Orange County, I feel like we can all see that Shannon is headed down a path of sadness. You know, when I look at Shannon this season, I see sadness. Um, there's, of course, these little glimmers of whooping it up with the Trace Amigas. But overall, she really is going through a lot of turmoil. Is it entirely because of her relationship with John? Maybe not. I think that is a big part of it. But I also think that it's just an accumulation of things that have happened over Shannon's life. You know, her divorce all the things that happened that led to her divorce. Um, You know, that marriage obviously took a toll on her. That cheating also took a toll on her. The divorce took a toll on her. And then to think that you found new love, you know, a new hope for the future. And then the relationship a couple of years in seems to change or not be what it used to be. You know, Shannon said in this last episode that they don't spend as much time together. And that's one of the big problems. But that is a very different statement than a couple episodes ago, her saying that they have fights that leave her paralyzed. She's, you know, running through the house dressed up as Gina, like, you know, pretty much cussing people out for bringing up John and their relationship problems. And I said this before on the podcast that relationships have problems. That's normal. Um, What is alarming is Shannon's reaction to them wanting to talk about their relationship. That makes me think that something else is going on. And, you know, in this past episode, um, she was saying how John has told her, we don't talk about the relationship. I think she was, I think she was insinuating on the show. And Shannon was like, no, I am going to talk about the relationship on the show. So just based on the context clues, I, I feel like we can see there's a lot of tension when it comes to discussing the relationship, their arguments, what they're going through on the show. And when you take into consideration that we've had this same conversation with Shannon and multiple different housewives of Shannon calling them late at night, kind of word vomiting all of the problems in their relationship only to wake up and not remember that she she's told everybody what's going on. I don't want to say it's like a foreshadow because obviously that doesn't equate to, you know, getting a DUI. Um, but it is going down a path of of being too dependent on alcohol, of maybe using alcohol to cope in stressful situations and then leading us, you know, to where we are today. Um a lot of people are bringing up Gina, you know, how does Gina feel about this after Shannon, whatever? Um, is there a bit of karma to it? Sure. But I would like to think that Gina, you know, isn't reveling in the fact that Shannon got a DUI. You know, someone could have seriously been hurt. Archie could have seriously been hurt. I guess uh, the Bravo sphere is also more concerned about Archie than they are Shannon, which I'm like, you can be concerned about dog, but like we also should be concerned about human involved. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it goes without saying that we're just glad nobody was hurt. That includes the people inside the house. That includes Shannon. That includes baby Archie. But I'm just hoping that Gina's not going to go tit for tat with that one. You know, like, let's just be the bigger person because, and I think Gina will, because Gina didn't like when Shannon did it to her. So I'm really thinking that, no, Gina's not going to be happy that Shannon got a DUI. I hope that she is supportive of whatever Shannon does moving forward. There's been, you know, reports that Shannon is doing counseling has been the word. There's also been rehab thrown around, uh, not specified on inpatient or outpatient, but, you know, something has to give here. I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to sit here and say Shannon needs to go to counseling or Shannon needs to go to rehab, but she she does need to do something. I think therapy would be good for her. I feel like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Um, and I hope she has a strong support system. PSA, don't drink and drive. Do I even need to say it? No, don't need to say it. Okay. There's the deep dive. Let's move on to final thoughts. The Southern Charm premiere happened while I was in London. I made David watch it. It was after we got back from Greece and I like was like so behind on all the Bravo shows. I was losing it. I was like, oh, I'm going to have so much to catch up on when I get back. I was starting to get like Bravo fever almost like breaking out in hives thinking about how much content I've had to watch over the past couple of days. But I was like, can we just watch Southern Charm? Uh, because David made me watch like 12 hours of rugby. Have you ever watched rugby? I don't, I don't even understand it. Not one single bit of it. But anyways, I made David watch it. And his one takeaway, he was like, I like this show, but I just wish the guys would take better care of themselves. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's outrageous. The Three Stooges, Shep, Austin Craig. I have a love-hate relationship with all three of them. You know, like they can be so stupid sometimes and say the dumbest things and not treat women well. And it's like, oh, you guys get a grip. And then in the next scene, I'll be like, they're just big doofuses. Like you can't help but to love them. Like they're just likable doofuses. I mean, Shep, Shep looks like the alcohol is like shriveling up his skin, like a, like a prune in the sun, like, like SpongeBob when he goes to Sandy's house. And he needs water. Like, that's what Shep looks like on a daily basis. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. That was a bit of a tangent. We start the episode with Paige and Craig, which I think is very interesting to start the season premiere of Southern Charm with a cast member from Summer House. Like, they're starting out with Paige and Craig, who we've seen had the same conversation for, like, three years now on two different shows. It's like Groundhog freaking day. Like, do we really have to sit through this conversation again? Um I know Craig loves her, and I think that she loves him. This has kind of been floated around that people think that it's like a shtick, like a New York shtick, like, I hate my boyfriend. He's the worst. She wouldn't be with him if she didn't like him. And also, you know, when somebody came at Craig on the Summer House reunion, she's like, I love everything about that. 
exaggerator, you know, because you're talking about how much he lies or exaggerates. Um, but like someone has to move. That's not that's a non-negotiable. Like unless they plan on doing long distance while they're married, Craig would never. He's like way too needy, but like pays to Sorbo in Mount Pleasant. It's never going to happen. And even said at the end of the episode, like they want to get to where it's 70% in Charleston, 30% in New York. I'm like, Craig, what world? What world are you living in, dude? Where you think Paige DeSorbo is going to move to Mount Pleasant? I just don't think it's going to happen. Madison and Brett, uh, they just got married living uh, the Susie Homemaker life. She wants to be Martha Stewart. I was just very confused by this because how did we get here? How did we get from last season? Madison saying, you will never see Brett on camera. He didn't sign up for this. This isn't his life to the whole entire first episode being about their new family and her after party. My conspiracy theory is I think that Madison was demoted last year to a friend of, and she didn't like that. And it was because she wouldn't show any of her relationship. So she's trying to figure out what is my longevity as a reality TV star, Brett, you better take one for the team because if not, I'm not going to have a job. I would like to stay on TV. So you're going to make a couple cameos. Okay. I'm not complaining because he is beautiful, stunning, gorgeous man. Um, despite what Austin says, uh, but I just think that's very interesting. There definitely had to have been some behind the scenes conversations about Brett coming onto the show. Um, the big point, I mean, tons of relationship drama, which makes for good TV, but Shep and Taylor are going through it. Uh, Austin and Olivia are going through it. Both couples going through breakups. My conspiracy theory is that I, I don't think that Austin and Olivia ever actually really liked each other. They didn't date, you guys. They did not date ever. And I think probably, first of all, I think Olivia was brought on to Southern Charm to be a love interest to Austin, right? That's how she was kind of introduced. Whether or not that was real, I mean, clearly, I don't think that it was real. Um, but I also think that Olivia wants to solidify herself as a Southern Charm cast member. So how are you going to do that? You're going to be really upset about Austin not wanting to commit to you, right? I mean, Austin committed to Madison. If he really liked a girl, he would commit to them. I feel like that's how it is in life, you know, like in relationships. If the guy isn't that into you, he'll give you every excuse as to why he can't lock it down. And at the end of the day, it's because he just doesn't like you that much. It happened with Sierra. It happened with Olivia. So that's my conspiracy theory. Taylor and Shep, though, are a different story. I do believe that their relationship was genuine. I think Taylor thought that she could change Shep. And honestly, like, you want to come down on her for that. You want to be like, oh, Taylor, you should have known. It's Shep Rose. But I don't blame her for that. I've been there before. and And even... Even Taylor getting Shep to commit to her for two years was probably like a huge green flag, you know, like, oh, he's never done this with anybody else. I am the one that's different. I am the one that's going to get him to settle down. It reminds me a lot of Brittany and Jax, right? Where she's like, I know that everybody says these things about him, but I trust that our relationship can go the distance. And I mean, look at them. It's, it's shocking, honestly. Um but at the end of the day, Shep just didn't want to do it. Uh, all of that is brewing, right, in the sidelines. And you also see this new, like, little girl mance between 
Taylor and Olivia, which we know will get a little dicey later in the season, but the tension is brewing. The conflict is brewing all up to Madison's. I, I keep wanting to call it an engagement party, but it's actually the opposite. I guess we'll just call it like a little mini reception because that's what it was. It blows up at Madison's party, mostly due to the cheating allegations um, that Taylor is hurling at Shep. Um it seems like this is the first time that it's coming up in a group setting because a lot of different people are involved. Um, Austin is comforting Taylor. Craig gets involved in the conversation. You know, it's just a whole big thing. Um, but Taylor doesn't snap on Shep. She snaps on Craig because she says, Craig, you haven't been a good friend to me. You are laughing with Shep about him cheating on me. He didn't even send me a text. Austin's checking in on me. And obviously we find... They allegedly hook up later. Um, But, you know, I think even with all of the noise that's going on, Craig hit the nail on the head in one sentence. And it's like, you're mad at Shep, not me. And I feel like Taylor was definitely projecting. I feel like Taylor's going to have a rough season. I I think Taylor thinks that she's going to have a rough season. I've seen her in interviews being like, I hope people aren't too hard on me. She didn't say that, but that was like the gist of it. Like, you know, I went through a rough time. I'm just hoping that people take it easy. Um, This girl that they're talking about, though, Mia, uh, in the in the situation with Craig, Shep, and Taylor, Mia, is on Southern Hospitality, which is the spinoff show about Leva's business. I watched like five episodes of it, got bored, turned it off. Um, But Mia was on, I guess she was watching Southern Charm. She went on Twitter and she said, please, not Craig saying I would have boinked Shep if it wasn't for him. Release me from the shackles of Shepgate. Someone rolled the security footage of Trio. I think Trio is where they were. So Mia's like, Craig, this could be another one of Craig's it's exaggerations um, where he's like, I threw him through a wall so he wouldn't sleep with Mia. And Mia's like, no, that wasn't going to happen regardless. But, you know, Shep probably was trying and Craig probably like stiff armed him. At the very end of it, Taylor throws out, well, what about your girl cheating on you? Talking about Paige. And everyone's like, what, what, what? Um, I think there's no merit to it um, because we haven't heard about it. You know, like every other cheating rumor that turns out to be true, it's either on People, Us Weekly, Page Six, TMZ. Like there's never an article, a headline out there about Paige uh, cheating on Craig. I saw somebody said, and Paige like acknowledged it. So she co-signed, but it was like, Paige doesn't have the energy to cheat. She's in bed all day, which is like accurate. So anyways, I... I enjoyed the season premiere of Southern Charm, but those actually, those are my shows. Like I, those are the ones that I love. Vanderpump Rules, Summer House, Southern Charm. Those were like my gateway drugs into Bravo. So I always have a soft spot for them. I think it's going to get messy, messy, messy. And truly, I can't wait because I love mess. All right, you guys, thanks again for tuning in to MPT. Be on the lookout for the bonus pod about David's visa and our Greece trip. And please leave a review if you have not done so yet. Little five stars, a little love you like a sis. Anything helps uh, when it comes to boosting the pod. Don't forget, Bachelor Brain Dump comes out on Patreon on Friday. We're going to talk more about Clayton. We're going to talk more about Michael and Danielle. So if you are a Bachelor girly, make sure you're subscribed. The link is in the show notes below. Extra pop on Monday. recapping everything that's going to happen over the weekend. But if not, I will see you back next week for another episode of MPT. And as always, I love you like a sis and I missed you. 
Ahura Media Production.